everyone, and welcome to Angel Talk, Reflections of an Ambitious Angel Mom. My name is Philip Kerrigan. I am the executive director of Raise for Rowan. We are the organization that helps families suffering through the loss of a child with funeral cost assistance and emotional support. I am joined by, as always, the ambitious angel mom herself. herself. Say hello to the people, Bryn. Hello, everybody. Hi, Philip. <laughs> yeah, I really stumbled through it's that one. It's one of these tongue-tied days. <laughs> yeah, right? Holy cow. Uh, thank you for coming, Bryn. Thanks again. Happy Tuesday. Oh, happy Tuesday. How are you doing? I'm great. Great. It's raining today, which is a little odd. Oh, yeah. I don't I like mean, that at all. I wish it was a little... I know. It's July, for crying out loud. I know. Let's get a little sun in our lives. I, I agree. Yeah. So, uh, we are continuing our, our episodes on grief and addiction, as we kind of talked about last week. We want to thank Allie Berman for coming on. Such an incredible interview that we took it from one Amazing. to three. Yeah. Last week, she talked about her her beautiful angel, Lexa, uh, who had an awful lot in common with Rowan herself. And she talked about, you know, battling addiction through that, but mostly the story of Lexa, how she came to be and how she came to pass. And so it was really just a open and emotional conversation yeah. about Lexa. So today, we're going to actually air the portion of the interview where we talk to Allie more about Allie's history, where we talk about her actual story of addiction and how it ends up intersecting with Lexa yeah. and actually ends up intersecting even with Molly, her, 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 her daughter today. Um, and just basically how she got started, what was happening. I mean, some of the most incredible stuff that I've ever heard. It's it's really uh, moving and it's brutal at the same time because it really, I guess, opened your eyes to the real reality of what addicts face. And yeah. um, it's, it's shocking, but it's also um, so educational to hear about it. Yes. Yeah. And it just makes you want to... I. I don't know. Makes you just understand these people in a different well, their light. Their story is way different. Yeah, I it's know. so much different, especially when she's going through grief at the same time. I just, it's pretty crazy to hear. Yeah, it's it. It was one of those where I think if there were a few times where you and I looked at each other and almost were like, "Wow," because you'd never yes, like welling heard up that. the tears, yeah. you know, because yeah. it is so sad that somebody has to experience that and feel that yeah. pain yeah. every day, every second, you know, just yeah. dealing with that. So yeah. it's yeah. really great. Uh, it was, I mean, it's really great for someone to be able to be so open about it. Mm -hmm. I think I think I told her that this is one of the most important podcast episodes that I personally will probably ever, ever do because of how real she was about right. this lifestyle and what it can do to you and how you can get in it so easily. Mm -hmm. um, so we're not going to step all over that. We'll talk more about the we'll talk more about what we talked about at the conclusion of this particular episode. But instead of rambling on, we're going to go ahead and toss it right now to probably one of the m realest interviews I've ever had in my life. Yeah. So here is our interview with Allie. Okay, Allie, we're going to get into uh, something a little bit more sensitive, and that is. Uh, the, the addictions that you've had uh, throughout the years. And I want to start by going actually all the way back before uh, before Alexa and talk about how you even sort of found yourself uh, in the grips of addiction in the first place. Do you remember kind of the first times that you were even tempted by addiction and where you were in your life? Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, I do. I mean, uh if I only, you know, if I only had some education, mm. uh, I, I say that all the time now, if I only knew 
you know, people tell you all the time, you know, in school, drugs are bad, drugs are bad. But if I only had known, you know, how hard it was to, how serious they were and how yeah. hard it was to get off of them and yeah. how life altering it is, mm-hmm. literally, yeah. I mean, it changes the chemicals in your brain, you mm-hmm. know, so I, I, I would have had some facts you know, back then, I, I feel like my life would be completely different today. Yeah. And I don't, I mean, yeah. I wouldn't change anything now. You know, obviously, there's one major thing I would change, right. but I'm just grateful that I was able to, I think if I would have been on a different road, I wouldn't have had Alexa, mm. you know, so I, I, I'm, I'm thankful. But so I was probably, oh gosh, I think I was 17. Mm-hmm. 16 or 17 and I was in high school and I had always like, you know, like, you know, drank and stuff in high school and like hung out with like the older crowd. Yeah. Um, I had met some, I had a friend that I actually met from a youth group (laughs) in like grade and she had a friend, gosh, her name was Nicole. I'll just call her Nicole. Yeah. Um, And um, she was like, I mean, super pretty girl and like, um, she was a few years older than me and like, you know, she knew a lot of people and like when I would go to parties with her or whatever, like as a group of friends, like, you know, people wanted her around. And so it was like, mm-hmm. Oh cool. You know, being so young, like, Oh, this is someone I want to be friends with, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, basically I, uh, one day we were drinking, it was like daytime and she, Oh yeah. She had a car. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> That's how it starts. <laughs> yeah. We had been drinking and, um, she had said something like, Oh, do you want to, I'm going to go meet up with so-and-so, um, to go get high. Do you want to come? Mm-hmm. And I was like, high on what? And she was just like, oh, ice. And I'm like, what's that? You know, I'd never even heard of it, never seen it. Yeah. Nothing, you know? Yeah. And she explained to me that it was meth and that it makes you feel good and told me all these things that she does when she's on it that are real artsy craftsy. And wow. like, <laughs> yeah. Just making it so glorified, probably, yeah. too. Yeah. And I mean, her, um, her cousin actually was a good friend of mine for a long time. And he was like, yeah, she looks like Paris Hilton, you know, and she hits a meth pipe. So it makes it seem like it's all good because, you know, beautiful people do it. Wow. What a strange way to look at it when you're so young, but it's so true. You know, if this person's doing it and they look normal, why can't I do it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so basically I, we went and met these people and it was, you know, on some mountain and like, they had like these pit bulls and the dogs, oh, were it was like a scary scene, you know? And like, and this is your um, first time ever, like first time ever doing it. And like, we were out in the middle of nowhere and like just a whole, you know, drama fest went down at first. Cause they had thought that I was somebody else that oh, has like, stolen stolen money from them or something and then they felt really bad once they figured out that I wasn't that person wow. and we all sat down and started smoking this meth they taught me how to smoke it and they were like lighting it for me and I just kept going round and round in circles and um 
all of a sudden my nose started bleeding. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I was like, they're like, we've never seen that happen to anybody. And it kind of like, you know, freaked me out. And I probably didn't sleep for like five days. Oh my gosh. Wow. Going crazy. And like, you know, any normal person now would be like, Oh, I'll never do that again. (laughs) At the time I was like, you know, I wasn't, I like had a little bit of baby fat. I was probably like 135, 140 pounds. And I was like, Oh, it's making me kind of skinny. Let's do it again. You know? Oh, wow. Cause you probably like, does you have no appetite when you, yep. Yep. And did you enjoy it? I'm just asking these things because it is so foreign for me that like, I feel like you need to educate me a little Mm -hmm. bit. Like, I mean, at first, I mean, I, it like did, I don't know. I mean, I, the first time I did it, I think it more so scared me than anything. Mm -hmm. And, um, I mean, it gave me like this body high where like my body was like tingling and my head was tingling. But I mean, that night I, I can't tell you probably how many, um, searches i did i think on aol or whatever the search engine was yeah yeah if i was gonna die or not yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) oh my gosh and so i mean yeah after that i mean after the first time i did it i started doing it more and more and Mm -hmm. i absolutely enjoyed it i mean i was losing weight not that i was like obese or anything or like really big um, but I, I liked the way it made me feel I could get stuff done. It gave me all this energy. I was cleaning, I was organizing, I was doing this, I was doing that, you wow. know, I was full work done, although I was skipping school a lot more. You know? So you were yeah. still in high school and then this is, yes. oh wow. Yes. And did your yes. parents have any clue? No. So they actually found out. So huh, my mom was supposed to be gone and my dad was always flying in and out of town at the time they were, when they were still together. and. He had walked in on me and um, Nicole smoking <laughs> meth in my room. Wow. And like totally walked in and the room was filled with smoke. And my mom just completely freaked out, told her to get out. And then my mom called her mom, who called my other friend's mom. And then they called the high school and like told them that they did it. And just, I mean, I got grounded for like ever. But yeah. I, I would sneak out every night and go do it. And, wow. Yeah. And then... um after that I got into like I met somebody um and I actually like this was like my first love mm-hmm. and I stopped doing it um for quite a few years and um was just you know with my boyfriend and then I ended up like moving in with him and mm-hmm. I was like 18 19 and um yeah we got pretty serious as serious as you can at that age you know yeah and so I didn't, I didn't have any really, I mean, I would see my old friend, obviously I was still friends with her. I'd see her at parties and stuff and I would still talk to her, but I didn't have, I was so happy in this relationship. Right. I didn't have that urge to use or like, you know, mm-hmm. so I had a breakup with this particular boyfriend and I broke up with him because I, I thought, you know, I was so young. I'd been in this relationship for couple years and I was didn't want to be tied down and I decided that I didn't want to be with him and it was like a split decision and then um a week or so later I ended up regretting it and being like hey take me back I just kidding you know yeah yeah (laughs) as you would do at 19 20 years old right (laughs) yeah and he totally was like no I like being single and I'm hanging out with with this new girl and I was just totally devastated Mm -hmm. and 
he had just turned 21 and so he was going to bars and like I right. of course couldn't get in um and so yeah I one night um I had it we were all out of the lake and um I was still friends with the same group of people as him mm-hmm. and um we decided to um go we were going to try and go to this one bar where he was at and um they had called him and we had been drinking like all day long mm-hmm. and they had called him and he was like absolutely not don't bring her here i'll tell them that she's not 21 and i was just so you know i was so upset because it's like this one bar in cedra woolly where they didn't really care to check ids but mm-hmm. you know someone yeah. <laughs> so yeah. called you out we we're gonna have to do something so I got all upset and everybody else ended up going besides this one guy. And, um, I knew he did some type of drug, but I didn't know what. And, um, he told me he was going to go get, did he want me? Did he want, or did I want him to drop me off or did I want to go with him? But he was going to go get these drugs. And I was like, well, what, what kind of drugs are you getting? what does it do? And he told me he was getting heroin. Wow. Yeah. And I was just like, okay, well I'll come with you. And at this point in time, you know, all I'm thinking in my mind, it's such a naive, um, you know, 19 year old, Mm -hmm. like I'm going to go because I knew my boyfriend, my ex-boyfriend at the time had known that this person did drugs because everybody knew he did drugs. Sure. Um, And so I figured he would find out that he was, you know, with me and that we were going to get these drugs and he'd want to come rescue me or something, you know? Yeah. 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 (laughs) And so, so I went with him and he got the drugs. And I remember, um, the people being like, well, you know, she can't be in here. We don't know her. So we went back to his house and, um, him and this other girl that he had picked up, she she was sick and i didn't understand what that meant at the time oh she was like heroin sick and i didn't uh-huh. you know i thought she was just kind of faking it i had no idea i thought she just was like really fiending for drugs it yeah. seemed like me um and so i watched them shoot up and just kind of like in amazement of like whoa you know like let me see what you're doing <laughs> you know yeah. like that's crazy. Wow. I've never seen that before and i was so just absolutely drunk and just out of my mind. I I was like, okay, well do some to me, you know? Wow. And um, I remember him, you know, it was almost like he got a joy out of it. Mm-hmm. Like bringing somebody else into that world. That's I don't right. even know that I was a complete weirdo, but um, I remember him untying my arm where he had tied it off to like pop the veins up and feeling like this, like, almost like this intense, like, warmness. And then oh. I was out. I wow. was, I went out. <laughs> I um, overdosed my first time doing Oh, my it. gosh. Oh my Are you serious? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then um, he didn't do anything about it. I mean, it was only, like, I don't know, like an hour or so that I was out. But I woke up not knowing what the hell went on. and. Mm-hmm. They had told me it was no big deal, whatever, you know, you just did a little bit too much. And um, it was like the next day we were drinking again. It's like, okay, well, are you guys going to do that again? I'll do it again with you. 
oh do it again. Gosh. And then I was just given this person my debit card and um, he would pull like a hundred bucks out and give me like a tiny little bit out of it. And like, I was thinking I was paying a hundred bucks for this tiny little bit. And I did yeah. this for the long time until I figured out I met other people. And then I figured out that he was screwing me out of money and just, you know, I, it, it, it just comes, it comes with that lifestyle. Those type of, I mean, with the people on heroin, mm-hmm. people on meth, they don't care about you. They care about getting your money and getting high. Mm. And I, I, I had a problem for the longest time with accepting that. I thought, you know, you thought they were your friends. Yeah. People in my whole drug career, (laughs) I thought that you know they had standards and they were going to be my friend. They were going to stand up for me. They weren't going to steal from me. And I can't tell you how many times I had been over backwards, paid for people, you know, to live in hotels, paid for their drugs. And then the moment I turned around, they would steal from me. Mm. Wow. You know, after that, I got really deep into addiction and I, you know, I had met enough people now and I had done it, watched it be done to myself so many times that I figured out how to do it on my own. I didn't need anybody else and mm. I started selling it. And that was how I stayed running and gunning for the longest time. Wow. I would, you know, just make a little bit of a profit to where I didn't have to pay for anything. Yeah. And, um, I'm so lucky, um, that I never got caught. I mean, I've had so many friends that are either dead or went to prison or, you know, and I, I lucked out. I had something, you know, somebody watching over me that yes. entire time. Yeah. That um, saved you. But yeah. yeah. You've had a bigger sole purpose in your, your whole yeah. journey. How long were you an addict? Cause I know you've had a few times where you've, you know, been clean and then you went back, but like. For our listeners, so, how long do you can you say that you were a user? So if you count from doing meth, so I probably used for a couple years from 16 to 18 or however long, mm-hmm. 16, 17, 18, so like a year or two years on meth. And then I stopped doing that. Um, and then I started doing heroin at 19. And I kept going until I was 23. Mm. And that's when I got pregnant with Alexa. Yeah. And then um, after um, Alexa's accident in two, 2015, um, I stayed sober for about seven months, mm-hmm. six, seven months. And um, after that, I, I, I mean, and all the while, I mean, towards the, um, I, I wasn't just doing meth or heroin by itself. I would shoot meth up with it. Wow. I mean, it, wow. I couldn't, I couldn't do one without the other. Yeah. I literally wait to get both of them to do them together and holy so, I mean, cow I really off, off the hook yeah uh, but i um just this last time let's see so from 2015 i found out i was pregnant with um molly mm-hmm. my other daughter um gosh when did i find out i found out i was pregnant with her in november mm-hmm. and also um i had been hospitalized for endocarditis mm-hmm. two different times and um that's a a heart valve infection and it's from using dirty drugs or dirty needles or whatever sure it's a really serious infection in your heart and um the first time i was hospitalized for about two and a half three months and then the second time was closer to three four months Mm -hmm. and this is after alexa passed right yes yes and Mm -hmm. i ended up having to have um, emergency heart surgery i had to get 
um, chest tubes. I had pulmonary embolism, one in each lung and one in the heart all at the same time. I had all these complications go on. Like you almost died. Yeah. I, yeah, I almost died. My dad, I remember the day or the night of my heart surgery, then after my heart surgery, um, my, it was almost like, you know, he thought because I was so ill that I couldn't hear anymore or something. (laughs) I remember him asking, um, my cardiologist, the surgeon, um, if he needed to start making arrangements. And I remember him like choking up and asking that. And I remember just being like, what is this guy? He's crazy. You know, I'm fine. You know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah. I told him not yet, not yet. We're going to, she's, we're going to see how she is in the morning and you know, we're going to take it day by day, but it was really serious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Extremely serious. And, um, so, I mean, after I got out of the hospital, 2017, summer, 2017, and, um, you would think, and, and I don't even think that I, I mean, my family knows, but I don't think that we've ever really like talked about it. And I, I don't think I've ever been like, Hey, I started using again almost immediately when I got out of the hospital. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Almost immediately. I would say it was like three days. See, that's, that's how I kind of think, um, that's how to me really, you know, that addiction isn't always merely just a choice because there's no way that you found and I can't, I mean, I may be putting words in your mouth, but I can't imagine that at that point you found it all, all that much pleasure, uh, pleasurable to, to be back in that, but you couldn't actually even help it. Could you, a little bit, could you? So I got out of the hospital and, you know, I had every intention of not using the stuff in the hospital. And, um, there was this nurse who gave me this card. Um, she was a Brazilian lady and she gave me this prayer card and it was like, um, she told me to put it under my pillow every night and it was, um, praying for a baby, (laughs) Mm. another child. And she had brought me flour upon like a few days upon my release, um, brought me flowers in this prayer card that she had prayed over. And, you know, I had every intention. I wanted to be sober, have a baby, you know, get my life back and be strong and make my other daughter proud, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, that's just not, I got out and I immediately came back to the same place I had been using before. Mm -hmm. And I never, I never, um, touched a needle. I haven't touched a needle since, um, I went into the hospital. Right. right, Yeah. But I mean, I was, I got out and I started smoking it Mm. and I mean, it's not any better than the other, you know, I mean, you're still doing the same drug, but. Do you um, feel like, do you feel like you were driven like physically to do it? Or do you feel like it was something like a tick in your, in your head? What, what, what do you feel like drove you back to it? Was it more like your body felt like it needed it? Or was it more like you'd get a thought in your brain and then your brain would obsess over it and then you needed to do it? Well, I feel like it was, I came back to the same place where I had been. Mm Um, I, I was surrounded by, you know, just memories of using. And then I had, I had to deal for the longest time. I didn't have to deal. I could block out the, all the pain, Mm. the grief and the trauma that you were probably feeling. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to feel that Mm -hmm. I didn't want to, I didn't know how I was going to do it. I was 
too ashamed to, you know, and too proud almost to reach out and say, Hey, I'm struggling for some reason. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. I didn't want to admit to anybody. I mean, I, I'm assuming that when my mom hears this and she's asked me today how she could listen, that this is going to be the first time she's going to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm sure she knew. I mean, I went to my sister's wedding and that was the one day that I didn't do anything. Mm. And as soon as I left there, I hightailed it out of there and mm-hmm. I, I immediately went and got high. So after that, I have, I was told when I got out of the hospital, you know, cause I talked obviously a whole bunch with my cardiologist Absolutely. and all my doctors about if I could get pregnant and you know, if it was going to be at risk to me or what was going to happen to my heart. Mm-hmm. And they had told me that I shouldn't try for at least five years. Oh, wow. And, yeah. And that I needed to let my heart get stronger. And yeah, and they, they told me that I'm going to need a whole valve replacement, depending upon how things go. But they were pretty sure mm-hmm. that I was going to need one, um, you know, from two to five years from leaving the hospital. Because mm-hmm. I just had a um, an angio back. It's where they go in and they like suck out all the dead stuff, like with the little vacuum and the infected stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I... Um, it was November and I had been feeling kind of my sister's wedding was in September. Mm-hmm. And so it was end of September, beginning of November. And I remember having this nauseous feeling and I just knew, I knew, wow. <laughs> I knew I was pregnant. Yeah. I, I had a feeling me and my boyfriend went to subway and we went in the subway bathroom and took the test. And I remember walking out and just sitting down and I couldn't help but smile and like, oh, cool. This is it. Yeah. That's awesome. Like saving you. Yeah. Yeah. Can I, I I just want to like for one second, because I've gotten um, the chance to stay connected with Allie, you know, from the time that Alexa passed away and kind of following you throughout your whole journey of addiction. And we would talk obviously when you were um, sober or not sober or whatever, but I remember how much you needed, like you would tell me, like, I just like, I need another baby. Like I don't, you know, and I felt the same way. Cause I think we shared that in common in our grief where we were like, you just wanted you, to get back to I that just, space. You feel so like, you don't even know what to do with yourself because like yeah. you lost everything that you you know, could take care of before. And it's like, you feel so lost. And I remember sharing that in common with you and not understanding like your um, battle with addiction at the same time, because I didn't have that. But like our grief has been so similar throughout our journeys. And then I just remember thinking like, I don't know how she's doing this with like addiction on top of it, because in one way it's like, yeah, that's like your way of numbing it out and stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. But, like, for you, like, the beauty in all of this, like, that you're being so deep and, like, sharing with with people is that you've actually overcome mm-hmm. um, and where you are today. And, like, you're a mom. And I look at Alexa, who was um, somebody that helped you get on the right path and, like, was – and then now Molly, your daughter now, like, has also brought you back to a, a place that is healthy yeah. and good. And, um, I mean, we'll get to the end of this, you know, at the end of the podcast, but, like, I'm just so proud especially like hearing more of your journey and like how dark it was and like how painful and like to see who you are now as a person and, and know that you're sober. Like, it's just so beautiful. Like that 
out of the tragedy, like you can still see like the beauty that has come in it because you have all the like you have beautiful Molly and you, uh, yeah, it's a beautiful story. Okay, so that was our interview with Allie on her addiction. Uh, we kind of hit on it at the beginning, but uh, holy cow. Deep. Yes. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You know what I found really interesting was how easily she found herself in the situation. I know. You know, it was that was the scariest part, I uh-huh. think, for me, when you think about your own kids. Right. How sort of like... The, the story she tells about how she just stumbled into it. Right. And, and it was he, glamorous to her at yeah, first, you know, yeah. until she obviously became an addict. And then you realize that it's not a glamorous lifestyle to live. But, mm-hmm. you know, as a young teen, how glamorous it looked. And, um, you know, I remember her saying like her friend who looked like Paris Hilton, you know, just yeah. did it all the time. And yeah. she had her act together. And it's like, wow, yeah. you know, I guess it really can be so easy to get in that slippery slope and just get sucked right in. Yeah. And, and you definitely get the sense that she knew full well she didn't have any friends there. Yeah. You know, at a, after a certain point, she mm-hmm. even talked about that a little bit about the, the. Which is so sad. I know the guy she was with who would just basically take her money. Uh, you knew that she almost she almost got the sense that like. Well, these people are my friends. Yeah. But she was so embroiled in that lifestyle that there was no getting out of it at that point almost. Right. Uh, really incredible stuff. Very powerful. I hope folks got the same out of that interview that that we did. It was certainly – I told her offline. I told her once we stopped. I said, wow, you just you just created an anti-drug PSA. No kidding. You know, like – She should write a book, Allie. <laughs> yeah. You should honestly write a book about your story. Yeah. You, you – I know you said you don't like to read books, but you should write one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because it's, it's incredible. It is, yeah. It's incredible. The more of these stories need to be out there because I think that it – you know, when you take D.A.R.E., in school, you get that sort of like drugs are bad, don't mm-hmm. do them, you know, that sort of thing. Right. But when you hear it from somebody who experiences it the a way real life Allie experience, did, yeah. yeah. And educate man people. Alive. Man alive. Unbelievable. Yeah. So next week, we're going to talk about the real miracle of this entire set of podcasts, which is Allie's recovery. And eventually, uh, the Molly, her, her new beautiful on earth living angel at the moment. Yes. Um, so we're going to talk about We're going to wrap it up with a beautiful story about how she recovered. And especially um, stay tuned because the story of how Molly is conceived and how she finds out is also very beautiful. It's beautiful. It's really really lovely. I cried so much during this interview, you guys. (laughs) You did. You did. I literally just had to keep fighting back the tears because not all tears of like sorrow, but Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. beautiful joy, joyful moments in Allie's life that like you really – feel a part of when she's telling her story you went on this ride with her yeah you know i mean it was remarkable like we did just listen to a book on tape (laughs) (laughs) we were like bystanders in in this this whole thing yeah so uh once again ali thank you so much for coming on again next week we're going to wrap this all up with ali's recovery we want to thank everybody for tuning in we really hope you got as much out of this interview as as we did so uh stay tuned for next week we'll see you then bye-bye